Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. I am very excited to have Marla Varner of Penny Lane Quilts. She creates these exciting modern improvisational pieces. And, you know, when I started talking to Marla, she's like, she didn't start this way. So she started with traditional quilts. So I'm super excited, Marla, to have you here and sort of dig into how this happened. Thanks, Pat. I'm happy to be here. Well, yes, I did start quilting over 25 years ago, and um, when I first started, I enjoyed making um, traditional but scrappy quilts for my friends and family, mm-hmm. and then the turning point came a few, few years ago when a friend of mine, Pat Oden, showed me how to cut without rulers and Ooh. also how to dye fabric. So was cutting without rulers scary for you, Marla? No, it wasn't. It was just liberating. <laughs> Did did you go, like, why didn't somebody tell me about this sooner? I know. You know, all that measuring and math stuff. I didn't, I didn't need that anymore. Yeah. So when, when you first, I've done this as, as, like you have. When I first did it, I was like, this is fun. You know, this is fun kind of work. What, you know, when you started working like that, um, did you have to overcome a few, like, technical difficulties? Because when you don't use a ruler, you could have sort of, you know, mountains and valleys and things. Right. I, I think all those years of um, traditional making, you know, came to my aid then because, <laughs> you know, I knew that things needed to lay flat and, you know, look neat. So uh, th- there are kind of a few tips to keep so you don't have wiggles or waviness and that sort of thing. But really... There just a couple of really basic things, and and then uh, improvisationally, it, when you're working, you know, I I go by two main things. If it's too short, you add on to it, and if it's too big, you cut it off. So, <laughs> I love that. I know, I know. I've told people, no, oh, just cut it off. It's fine. Um, you know, it doesn't work with traditional patchwork so much. You know, the I other know. the other thing that you did, Marla, is you started dyeing your own fabric. Was this, did these two things happen at the, sort of the exact same time? Almost exactly. And like I said, my same friend um, who I just admired her work, those were two things that she did and she helped me get started. And, and um, I, there's nothing more fun than mixing up colors. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then I really love the really saturated, rich colors I could get with the hand-dyed fabrics. So had you ever tried any kind of color mixing prior? Did you paint or anything like that? No, but I did teach uh, little people, like kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> little people. Yeah. And, we were, and we were always mixing up paint and things like that. So, but Didn't it always look like mud? Like when I was little, it all would be brown when I was done. You know, like yeah, all- sometimes you can go too far. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think mixing colors is really a skill because you have to think ahead a bit to know all you know, like like all the different parts. You know, what are, what are a tip or two of for people? Um. Well, one one thing um, I do is I do keep really careful records um, when I'm dyeing fabric, so that if I ever get something that I just absolutely 
want to try to recreate. I have some idea how I got it. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I do, as I go along, I do keep really careful records and keep swatches and so forth. But, you know, so, but when I was first starting, um, I would, you know, was just way more experimental and, you know, sometimes I ended up with something that I was, you know, delighted about and sometimes it was something that I was not so sure about. But, um, you know, when you're creating a palette to get started with, it's, you know, everything works. So, um, you didn't have anything. At one point I made a quilt where I used every single one of my hand dyed fabrics just because I was so excited to use them all. <laughs> that sounds like fun, actually. Uh, it is. Yeah. Now, I uh, sort of came across your work when I uh, was looking at the book called Modern Quilts, where you are one of the featured artists. It's a collaboration uh, book with a, a lot of different artists in it. Uh, how did that come about that your quilt was included in this book? Well, it is very exciting to have uh, two of my quilts in the book. Um, both of them had exhibited at um, previous quilt cons, mm. and um, so in the Modern Quilt Guild is who you know published the book. So um, I, I was asked by the editors if they could be included, and I think you know quilts that had been at QuiltCon was one of their sources, and mm. then people could also submit quilts. But that's how mine got in. And they're two. They're very different. One is uh, very high contrast with uh, black and white and pops of. Is it red or is it like a raspberry pink? It's it's red. Yeah. It's red. And then your other is sort of turquoise and is that red? It's hard to tell on my monitor. You no, know, it's it. There, you know, it's mostly aquas and turquoises, and then orange and red oranges. The other okay. one. Okay. So, uh, you know, when you did, are both of these with your hand dyes? Um, actually, neither one of them are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you um, go. <laughs> the, the first one, um, the one that's the orange and uh, aqua, mm-hmm. um, that one, um, I just made a bunch of half-square triangles and played around with them, and that's what I ended up with. And the thing I love about that quilt, Actually, both of those quilts are hand quilted, and um, the the orange and aqua one I did um, lots of playing with pearl cotton and just doing kind of improvisational hand quilting in there. I think I used about forty or fifty different types of threads. Oh wow! Holy cow! That's a lot of threads. Can we shift to hand? Can we shift and just explore that a little bit? Sure. Um, so what type, when you're saying hand quilting, are you using, like, what's, what type of thread? Well, when I, you know, when I first started quilting, I did all traditional, you know, little tiny needles and, and uh, regular um, hand quilting thread. And then um, I, still, I still do that some, but um, more what I do now is use pearl cottons, mm-hmm. and um, I typically use, like, a you know, an embroidery needle, and um, and I tend to mix my weights of threads so just to add texture and color to the quilts. Mm-hmm. So are you using like like pearl like some pearls come in like eight and twelve? Um, 
Right. I use eight, yeah, I use 8 and 12 a lot. I've used okay. everything from crochet cottons to, mm. you know, d- uh, different things. But um, I, I do like 12 weight because it's easier to needle and pull. But sometimes, you know, if you want something more graphic or bolder, mm. then, you know, you can go to a heavier thread. So what kind of colors uh, did you use? Did you stay with the um, the quilting matching the fabric it was on? Um, the I think in the the um, aqua and orange one, I pretty much used just a wide variety of any, anything in that, like aqua, light blue to orange, red, orange range on that one. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily match one with the other. I mean, there might be orange on blue or something like that. Mm-hmm. The black and white and red one, I basically did same color thread on each um, area, although there were a few times when it was like I got tired of doing that and no <laughs> black jumped onto the white or red jumped onto black or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so when you, you said you quilted these, did you quilt both of them in an improvisational manner, meaning that it wasn't like a structured planned outline? Yes, um, the uh, and, and I don't mark or anything. I just mm-hmm. freehand quilted. Mm-hmm. So if you just felt like doing a straight line, or if you just felt like like mimicking a shape, but you took it over onto another shape, that kind of right. thing. Right, right. Um, the black and white red one, I just mim- sort of um, echoed inside the shapes quite a bit. But mm-hmm. like I have one I'm working on right now that has some wavy lines and swirls and mm. different different colors on different parts of it so it's it's uh i like i like to mix it up actually it's more entertaining while you're working on it right because <laughs> it takes a while it takes a while to it, hand it it does take me a while to hand quilt yes um i have to pace myself mm-hmm. so i would give it i have a piece of advice for quilters mm-hmm. um hand quilting um, and that is to take breaks and um, do exercises, hand exercises, shoulder exercises, or your body will protest. Yeah. Oh. I speak from experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our hands um, take a lot of, uh, you know, it takes a lot when you start doing all of that. It, it does. So it's just good to take care of yourself. Yeah. Oh, so what? T- we have about two minutes. Tell me the inspiration for the black and white and red. Well, we have um, a beautiful railroad trestle that's a bike and walking on a walking trail very near my house, mm-hmm. and um, it the the name of the quilt is trestle nestle. But the um, I was inspired by just that shape of the railroad trestle. And like mm-hmm. I said, I walk there a few times every week. And you actually uh, have a really nice article on your website on the January 12th, which shows the quilt and then a beautiful picture of the trestle. So people yeah. Can, yeah, go can go there and check it out. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my about 15 seconds. Do you, How many machines do you own? I always like to ask something fun. <laughs> I whittled it down to nine. Oh, just nine. A mere nine. <laughs> and most of them are vintage. Mm-hmm. Vintage singers. Ah. Do you use them? Yes, I do. I do oh. all my piecing on a 1946 singer. 
Cool. And um, one of my favorite machines is a little featherweight that I inherited from my mother-in-law, and I take it um, when I when I travel. Ah, awesome, Marla. This has been fabulous. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun chatting. You can visit Marla at PennyLaneQuilts.com, and we will be back after the break uh, with another guest. Six issues of American Patchwork and Quilting a year delivered right to your door. Each issue is packed full of quilting patterns, how-to techniques, and tips and tricks from the editors and designers. And right now, we have a special deal for all of our podcast listeners. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash deal to subscribe and enter coupon code podcast at checkout to get 60% off your subscription. Find the link in our show notes. You don't want to miss out. Are you a good starter of projects, but not the best finisher? Have you amassed a large collection of UFOs or unfinished objects? Join our private Facebook group to be supported by a community of quilters all working to finish their projects. Search for the American Patrick and Quilting UFO Challenge on Facebook to get started. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. You know, sometimes uh, the way I find people to chat with is via something fun that they're doing. And uh, I was just so intrigued by this snail block that I saw floating around on Instagram. And I'm like, whoa, that is too cute. And who in the world thinks up making a whole quilt of snails? And so, therefore, I had to find out. And it's Lindsay Neal of Pen and Paper Patterns. So, Lindsay, your snail is what led me on the little cracker trail to you. <laughs> thanks for being yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So, you're... Um, well, tell me a little bit about your style, because you do things other than snails, but, uh, you know, tell me what it's like. <laughs> um, my style, I'd say, is uh, pretty modern, minimalist, uh, very, most of it's very whimsical, um, and I'd say my style is pretty literal, too. Like you said, I like to make quilts of, like, everyday things, like snails and trees and um rain clouds and flowers stuff like that so that's how i describe it and you you have a creative you've been a creative business for a long time what you're doing now isn't your first creative business what is your background a little backstory yeah yeah i've i've kind of um dabbled in uh, <laughs> many different areas um i've done um, invitations, sold invitations on Etsy where I literally, I drew them out by hand, cut them out by hand. It was, oh, oh yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. So that was the last creative business I did before I started pattern design. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I, I've done photography. Um, I've painted children's murals in children's rooms and nurseries. So I've, I've done quite a few other kind of creative ventures. 
So how did you get involved with quilt making? Um, okay, so after I had um, did the handmade invitation thing and realized I'm not going to make very much money doing this, <laughs> I uh, the paper I was buying uh, or the store I was buying my paper from, mm-hmm. I loved the, the, that craft store. It was They had the nicest people that worked there. I loved it. So I went in one day and I just brought in a box of my invitations and I was like, are you guys hiring? Because I'd love to work here. Mm-hmm. So, um, like six months later, they were like, Hey, we have an opening. Can you come? And so that's how I, how I started working there. And they offered new, uh, beginning quilting classes to all their new employees. So oh. I jumped at that. I had very basic knowledge of sewing mm-hmm. before that. And then as soon as I took that class, I was hooked and I was like, this is, uh, this is all I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Yeah. You, welcome to the club, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. Who was hiding this from me for so long? I know. <laughs> so exactly. When, when did you decide to design your, you know, a pattern? I mean, did that happen right away? Well, I had when I did learn how to sew and make a quilt. I did start dreaming up ideas of um, the stuff I wanted to make based on my own design and ideas. And at first, it was aprons. Actually, I taught like an apron class at the store. And then what led to quilts is I um, they had asked the store had asked me if I would design their um, store displays for like holidays and stuff. Mm. And I um, and I had at that point I was also doing weekly tutorials for them online. And I had this idea for a tree, a tree quilt. And so originally I was just going to make it a free tutorial. And then I was like, why don't I, I was a few years into it. So I was like, why don't I try and make it a pattern and see if it sells and just, you know, just test it, test the waters and see how it goes. And that's, that's how I got into it originally. And it wasn't like I was going to keep making patterns. It was just Mm -hmm. maybe going to be a one, a one-time thing, see how it goes. So yeah, that's how it all started. That is so fun. Oh, I'll just do this. I'll just see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's how that's how I, I approach almost everything. I'm like, what what why not? <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Which is can be negative, you know. <laughs> well yeah. I mean some not you know, you have to try things to find out yeah. what works. Yeah. Everybody has to have some things that you're like, Okay, let's not do that again. That was Yeah, that was, yeah. You know, I think before your snail, I don't know which came first, but I think your other pattern that I just, I think your names are really what draw me in is your Vegas wedding quilt. It's like this cracks me up, the (laughs) Vegas wedding quilt, Uh, because I have family members who were married in Vegas, so they may both and all need to have one. Uh, So what is with that name? Because that is so fun. Yeah, and that's based on my, I was, I got married in Vegas, I eloped in Vegas 18 years ago, (laughs) almost to the day, and um, I love the double wedding ring quilt, I want to make one eventually at some point, but the curves really intimidate me, the amount of curves Mm -hmm. intimidate me, so I was like, I wonder if there's a way to just make a very, a standard piece, um, you know, modern double wedding ring quilt, and then because of how quick and are more quick and easy mm. it is compared to the double wedding ring quilt. I'm like, why not? And because of my own, you know, personal, you know, story behind it, mm. I thought Vegas wedding would be kind of a fun take on it. So, so yeah, that's how that came about. 
It is awesome. It is just awesome. Uh, I I Thank love and it's it's nice. You've done multiple colorways. You know, people can go to your um, site and your Instagram feed and see uh, the various colors. Do you, uh, you know you yeah. run you run a lot of sew alongs, right? Um, I've only actually have done. I've had people do sew alongs of my patterns. Oh, okay. I've only done one actually, technically myself. Oh. But I've, um, yeah, I've had other people do so along with my patterns, and I've participated in at least one of them. Yeah, because so, I think yeah. that's how I've seen your designs popping up because, you know, they yeah. were sharing what they did, and I'm like, yep. oh, that is so cute. So, so yeah. uh, other other projects that you have going on, another thing that's that's coming up is you've got this really darling um, firefly, and I have, like, a love of fireflies, too. So we're like kindred yeah, spirits yeah. here. I like all of your things. <laughs> yeah. So what is going on with the firefly? Um, that is a pattern through Pattern Drop that will be released in July, um, and that is a subscription-based um, pattern. Um, thing that you can do through them where you sign up for a whole year and then every month you receive a new pattern and so my pattern will be for the month of July um, that was so fun that was a fun pattern to design and, and make and stuff so yeah <laughs> so do you um, explore uh, most of these are patchwork are they foundation um, like you know are they paper piecing some of I have a couple patterns that are foundation paper piece, but for the most part, I try and keep them um, traditionally pieced. I I know based on when I worked at uh, the craft store that the majority of people don't like paper piecing, so I try and make it. Um, and but there are some people who are very passionate about paper piecing mm-hmm. and they love it. But um, so and I personally love it. But uh, yeah, I try and make it as stand, just most of them are standard piecing. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so that way it appeals to more more quilters out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, definitely, definitely does. And there's more patchwork people. Do you do any applique or embroidery? Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, I have a. I have patterns with applique in it. Um, I don't think I have any with embroidery yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that too. So eventually, that would be fun to do. So have you um, started to exhibit your quilts at all? Yeah. Um, what, before I had officially launched Pen and Paper Patterns, I had designed my rainy day quilt. And while I was di- designing that, um, the story worked for, let me back up a little bit, the story worked for hosted the Modern Quilt Guild at the store. They had them come every month. Oh. And so I knew about QuiltCon through them. And at the time I was designing my rainy day pattern and I was like, I was thinking maybe I should try and attempt to enter this into QuiltCon and just see how it goes. Um, so that's how I, um, that was the first quilt show I entered, and that was 2016, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just kind of did that on a whim, too, and it ended up getting in along with um, one other quilt of mine. And mm-hmm. on the rainy day, I ended up winning third place in the modern minimalist category, which was really cool. And then I, and so then uh, last year and the year before that, I entered QuiltCon as well with some quilts and, and got in. And I just, I love participating in QuiltCon. I think it's so much fun and really an inspirational kind of experience uh, for do, me. Do you take any workshops when you go or do you just sort of soak it all in? Well, <laughs> 
The funny thing is I've actually only been one time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and that's when it was, I'm in Arizona. So one, yeah. the first year when it was in pa- Pasadena that I participated, I went to that one. I'd love to go to the Nashville one. I think that's the next one coming up um, in 2019. Yeah, go to that one. Um, but it's, yeah, and I didn't do any classes. I didn't know what to expect. So my first time mm-hmm. I went, I, I took my husband with me actually. And we just mm-hmm. looked at quilts and it was a pretty short, quick trip, but it still was a lot of fun and very cool to, to go and, and see all the quilts in person. So for your, for locally, do you um, hang out with the, the modern guild now? Because I assume you're not working in the fabrics, the craft store anymore. No, unfortunately the, the store closed um, ah. a few years ago. Yeah. But uh, I do, I am a member of the Phoenix modern quilt guild. So um I've been bad about going, going to meetings really regularly until the last three or four months. Yeah. I've been better about going because, yeah, it's so fun to get to interact with other quilters and sewers. So I'm trying to be better about that. But, yeah, that, um, I do go do the Phoenix Modern Quilt Guild meetings every month. That's cool. Yeah, it's nice to be able to yeah. see people in person, you know, when we do so much yeah. online. Yeah. So we have about a minute and a half. What do you, what is new for you right now? <laughs> I know, it goes fast. Uh, well, yeah, that goes like quick. Um, I'm wrapping up Sewology right now. That's my block of the month pattern. We have about three more months left of that. So I'm wrapping up that. Um, I have my uh, row-by-row pattern that will be coming out in June uh, at Baltimore, which is in Arizona. So that will be coming out to record player. The theme this year is so musical or, or something like that. So, mm-hmm. and then I have my firefly pattern coming out, uh, through pattern drop in July. Ah, fun, fun, fun. Yeah. Stuff. And so what personally, like, what do you have on your sewing table right now? Just to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> what do I have? Um, I have a, this cute little Mason jar kind of thing full of pencils and a little ruler and uh, oil for my sewing machine and a seam ripper. Um, I have my bobbins. I have um, all my pins, my pins, <laughs> my little magnetic pin holder. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. I don't have a lot around me when I sew because I will knock it over and break it at <laughs> some point <laughs> if I have too much. <laughs> yeah, I like to I like to sew tidy, so everything is sort of yeah. off of the off of the area. Well, yep, me too. This Lindsay, this has been so much fun. I've really enjoyed yes. it. Me too. I'm so glad you asked me to be on. Well everybody can visit you at pen and paper <laughs> pen and paper patterns, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And then you can find, she does a lot on Instagram and find all the cute things. Thank you so much. No, thank you. I had fun. This is American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast, and it is hosted by Moda Fabrics. And so you will want to check out the newest things. We just had the trade show, and they were sharing tons of the new lines that will be coming out in the stores in a few months. And a lot of those designers have been here on the show. So be sure you check out everything new at Moda. And we are going to take a break and be right back. Hi, 
I'm Jody Sanders, Group Editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases to make a difference. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others who are in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You will make a difference with every pillowcase that you donate. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com slash million pillowcase. Join the annual American Patchwork and Quilting Quilt Along, along with thousands of other quilters. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quiltalong to choose your favorite project and get the pattern. Then get sewing. Share photos of your progress on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltalong to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan, and I am just super excited to have Cindy Needham here because, you know, the thing that drew me is her tagline for her website, which says, Quilting Changed My Life. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to know why because we all have a story, and uh, Cindy's is uh, just spectacular. So, Cindy, I am so excited to chat with you. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Thanks for having me. So should we just get right to the point? We want to find out, I want to find out how quilting changed your life because I think it, I think that resonates not just with me, with, with anybody who reads it because so many of us feel that way. Well, gosh, I've been quilting for over 45 years now. And Bob Purcell from Superior was responsible for getting me out of my full-time job in the medical field into quilting or quilting into teaching nationally and internationally so it's literally quilting teaching has taken me all around the world so it has changed my life (laughs) yeah that is just amazing uh you know i just i love hearing that sort of pivotal point because a lot of us who are in business have it you know where you just especially if we left corporate world like I did too. Uh, Mm -hmm. So tell me about what you make and teach now. You know, what is your focus of what you do? I would (laughs) say (laughs) I'm known in the quilting world for taking ordinary, extraordinary vintage linens and turning them into one-of-a-kind heirloom whole cloth quilts. It was an idea that I came up with in the mid-1990s because I had an insane stash of linens, <laughs> didn't know what to do with them, and I was getting bored uh, quilting for other people, stitching in the ditch, sending them out. Mm-hmm. And one morning I spied that an old tattered linen on my nightstand, and I went, hmm, I wonder how that would look quilted, mm-hmm. and put it in my machine, and it was like, Wow. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that that idea, 
that I got on a Sunday morning while making the bed would literally <laughs> change my life forever. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my pivotal point. So I am curious uh, because I think I, you know, I can look at your pictures and see the quilts, but describe a little bit about what you're doing when you quilt a piece of vintage linen, because I think a lot of times people have like, you know, napkins or, or handkerchiefs, you know, are we talking like tablecloths and what are, what are you working with? Everything. Everything. I'm working with, yeah, um, like the bridge work tablecloths are generally 36 to 40 some inches square. Mm. I've used placemats. I've used dresser scarves, pillowcases. And the really cool thing that I just came up with um, is I've got just baskets of parts and I've gotten into the English paper piecing. Mm. Okay. And I'm cutting up and using all these little parts, mm-hmm. and I'm making hexi medallions and quilts out of all the linen parts. Ah, I was wondering. They're really cool. Yeah, you know, sometimes a piece is stained, and it's really not going to be very attractive. Mm-hmm. So you would just mm-hmm. use that then to cut up for other things. Yeah, yeah, you can cut up those old pieces, and because it's already destroyed, I call it linen hell. You won't go to linen hell for cutting up a piece that's already a hot mess. It's like it's okay. You can cut up and use the pretty parts, Mm -hmm. and it's not a bad thing to do that. And that's what these hexi pieces are doing. They're using up the little parts. So tell me a bit about working with linen because, you know, many quilt makers use just, you know, quilt shop quality cotton, and that's, you know, it, any other texture they're really not used to dealing with. So how do you, what are a couple of tips for people? Well, if you have a piece that's real wiggly Mm -hmm. and it's just all over the place like jello, I'll put a cotton woven fusible stabilizer on the back of it to nail it down. It kind of gets it out of the timeout corner Mm -hmm. and makes it easier to deal with. Uh, If you have cut work pieces, that have open areas that you can see through, mm-hmm. then I lay those linens or napkins or hankies or whatever on top of what I call an underlayment. It's a larger piece of fabric. So you have a four-layer quilt. You've got the linen, you've got mm-hmm. a, the underlayment, the batting, and the backing, and that takes care of a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. But you have every piece is different, and quilters are used to trying to be perfect, Mm-hmm. And if you're yeah, and yeah. If you're working with the linen, it's never, ever perfect. It's ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it so has if a you're mind OCD of like I am, <laughs> yeah, you just have to let it go, yeah. and you have to consider it charm. It's just yeah. a very charming piece. Yeah. Does it uh, fray more? Is there an issue there with if you're gonna you know if you're not cutting it up? I guess it's all it has edges, so it wouldn't fray. Correct. Okay. Uh, if, it does, if you do have like some little frayed areas or parts, pieces that are coming apart, I li- mm-hmm. like to use the Fray Block June Taylor product, okay. and that helps to keep it from unraveling. Okay. So it's kind of like a more advanced Fray Check kind of thing? Yeah, the Fray Check that comes in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, I hope I can say uh-huh. this. I like the Fray Block better. Okay, that's good, yeah. So that's that's better for this purpose. Correct. Yeah. So tell me, now you, 
we talked a little bit or we wrote it back and forth a bit about what you do. And uh, one of the, the parts, you know, when you teach is you're teaching people how to, uh, to quilt these. Uh, but you eventually ended up developing stencils because you have a fairly elaborate or just sort of unique way and, and people needed to take it with them, right? Yeah, I've got this obsessive collection of stencils. It's literally a lifetime collection. Mm. And they're available to all my students who are obviously here with me in my studio. And one studio kind of grumbled, studio, one student grumbled at the end of a workshop and she said, well, it was great using them, but I can't take them with me. And I went, ooh, I got to do something about that. So I've developed a line of stencils that I call the ultimate stencils. And they're tools. Mm-hmm. Um, the first set, the ultimates, were used to create medallions. Uh, my second set, the shapes, basic shapes, curves, and lines mm-hmm. to create any design, repetitive designs. I've got ultimate borders You can that come in various sizes, and they have motifs so people can design their own borders. And then I've got the ultimate backgrounds, and it enables you to create beautiful heirloom style or simple backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So by using these, you're not dependent on commercially made stencils that are getting harder and harder to find. I'm sort of enabling you Mm -hmm. to do your own thing. And they come with books. They come with um, e-books. So Mm -hmm. you're not kind of left in the dust. I teach you how to use them. Now, are these things that are marked or are they digital um, designs? Like, you know. The designs, well, the designs are printed in ebooks. So once okay. the stencil is purchased, yeah. then the purchaser emails me and I, I send that book to them and they can keep it on their computer or they can print it out, mm-hmm. whichever works for them. And then I update it every year so they get updated books every year, which is cool. I keep in touch with my customers. Oh, okay. So if you've updated it, they get that. And then they this then they have to transfer manually onto the quilt in order to yes. do the yes. design. Okay. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah, you I'm take sorry. the stencils. These are plastic templates. Mm-hmm. And they lay it on their quilt, and then they use their quilt marking pen to transfer the designs to the quilt top. So let's talk about those marking pens, Cindy. Oh, <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> now, just give me a tip because I'm not a marker because I just don't do this style of quilt making. I send it to yeah. somebody, you know, so personally I don't. So if I wanted to mark something, though, what would be a, to- a, a dependable tool that I should try? Oh, goodness. When I'm asked that in class, I tell <laughs> the my students <laughs> it's such a hot question. And I say, use the quilt marking pen of your choice oh. because it turns into like a 45-minute hot <laughs> discussion. Well, there are many ways that you can mark. So. There are, and everything has a disclaimer. Everything, you just have mm-hmm. to choose your battle. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Well, then a, a tip would be, Cindy, would a tip be, let me ask you, that you should test them on the fabrics yes. that you're using? Yes, mm-hmm. test okay. it first. Always. Yeah. And just because a pen or a pencil says a quilt marking pen or pencil doesn't mean it's going to come out. Right, right. I think and that's students where... students are shocked. Right. Yes. What? It says quilt on it. <laughs> you know. 
or not. It's got to be safe. My friend used it. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. always test it first. That's what I pers- told people. Yeah, and the person who invents the perfect quilt marking pen is going to own a beach somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> they can own their own island. That's like... Exactly. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Have you ever used soap? You know, I had somebody tell me about using soap. Like I tried it, mm-hmm. and it didn't work for me because some of my pieces take a year or more to mm-hmm. get through, mm-hmm. and I need the real fine, sharp lines that are going to be there forever. Yeah. And actually, um, I've gotten caught. People are upset with me because I am using the friction pen, and I've taken a lot of heat for it. And basically what I tell people is if if I were competing or if I were quilting for other people, I would not use that pen. Mm-hmm. But I'm quilting purely for the love of it, and it works for me. It works for you. And if the lines come back, I just hit a steam iron and go, <laughs> oh, it's gone. It's gone, right. <laughs> Care of that. Oh, magic. Magic. So, change of topic. We have about a minute and a half. Um, I'm just curious do you have a fun quilting location on your personal list of things to do? Fun quilting location. What place you want to go that you've not been? I'm hitting one of my bucket lists where I haven't been. I'm going to be at um, the show, Festival of Quilts in Birmingham, England. I'm so excited. Yes. I cannot wait to go. So that's a bucket list. It's a place I've always wanted to go. A lot of students out there. And are you teaching or just visiting? Of course I'm teaching. Yes. <laughs> yes of course. Very of course. Excited. Of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> so I want to tell everybody that they can visit you, Cindy Needham, N E E D H A M dot com. And there you have uh, your list of where you teach and all your different items, and you have a crafty class too, two of them. I have, a, I have two crafty classes, and I do eight retreats per year. I have a studio in Chico where I do private workshops. Perfect. And just to put a quick plug in, I've got a brand-new tool that's going to be coming out this year that I'm calling the Ultimate Tool. Oh, cool, cool. Well, yeah. thank you, Cindy. I'm so glad you were here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Have enjoy that trip to England. It's amazing. That's <laughs> lucky girl. Thank you. <laughs> we'll okay. Be, we'll be right back after this break. our listeners love a good deal. We have a special offer just for our podcast listeners. Get 50% off a downloadable pattern of your choice in our online shop. Visit apqshop.com, add a digital pattern to your cart, and enter coupon code podcast at checkout. Then get quilting. Visit our show notes for more details. We've been doing the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast since 2011. That's a lot of shows. Search for guests, listen to past episodes, and read quotes from the show on our website. You'll even find a special welcome video from our host, Pat Sloan. Visit us at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. (laughs) 
Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. I am super excited to talk to Richie Lanson. You are probably following his work and seeing his amazing color combinations. Uh, and this is you know, something I wanted to talk to him about because I think he looks at color a little differently and looks at fabric a little differently than many of us do. So, Richie, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm, so I want to ha- have some backstory because you're a creative guy, and I'm just curious, you know, what got you interested in fabric? Uh, fabric. I started in theater, actually, and then um, was doing costumes with oh. my director. Mm-hmm. And at home, um, we lived out in the country, and so once you got home from school on the school bus, you weren't allowed to go anywhere else. Um, And mom did quilting. So um, I started to play with scraps at age 13 and kind of got hooked. Yeah. So when you were um, working the theater stuff, were you sewing clothing? Did you do garment making? Um, I was just starting to with Janet, and then it kind of grew from there. And I quilted an entire gown for the show Amadeus. Oh, oh, my God. Goodness. And did you think anything of that? Because really, your work is intense. You you seem to think more is better, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the, the handwork element involved with quilting. So, like, I love Australian designers mm-hmm. with a passion. Yeah. They're very handwork intense. They And yeah. they're good at it. And they're prolific. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, don't you think that? It's like, oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so when you um, were making these quilts, did you ever think that – did you have a break? Did you start as a teen and just keep doing this for recreation? Um, I did it, like, at home when I was bored. So whenever I had free mm-hmm. time, that's really when I – that's how it started. And then it just kind of grew from there. I joined a quilt guild with my mother. Um, by my senior year of high school, I was the president of the Quilt Guild. Oh, my God. And then it, it kind of just kept growing from there. I have yeah. a lot of quilt moms. Yeah, yes, you would. <laughs> they taught me at the beginning. Yeah, they taught me at the beginning, and then I slowly started to teach them mm-hmm. the tricks because they didn't know how to do something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So when you want to tackle and learn something new, how do you approach that? I mean, now you do a lot of complicated things. So, you know, you had to try it at some point for the very first time. Yeah, I either go, like, on YouTube and try to find, like, videos of people doing it already or books or magazines. Mm-hmm. I'll see something and I'm like, okay, I want to try this. I need, like, curved piecing, for example. I always applicate instead of actual oh. piecing it. <laughs> but now I can do both. Yeah. So what was it like when you, you know, first realized you could kind of go on the Internet and find uh, a whole community that was doing what you wanted to do? Uh, Well, actually, the Internet, the first thing was the variety of fabric I could find. (laughs) Yay! It was really the first. That's how it, like, the Internet thing started. It was like, okay, I need fabric. Yeah. (laughs) but then it just kind of grew. Um, there was a, a friend in, the, in Chewila, the small town I was living in, 
that was a quilter, and she told me about this online group, and that's kind of how it started, I would say, with the mm-hmm. community part. Mm-hmm. So tell me how you approach fabric, because that is what, I think drew me to looking at your work and following what you do because I was like, okay, what's Richie putting together now? Uh, how do you approach a project? Uh, sometimes it's, I have like an idea for a quilt and I'm like, okay, I have it sketched out roughly what I want to do. And then I go looking for some inspiration fabric, some big print, some print with multiple colors. Um, and then I kind of pull from there. I, at first, started looking at the little salvage dots mm-hmm. and seeing what colors were in there, and then I'd go to, like, that section in the quilt store and pull fabrics that I liked. Mm-hmm. And then I would look at some of those fabrics and say, okay, well, these have some new dots on it that aren't in the first fabric, and then I would pull some new fabrics from there. And I figured if, as long as I have 20, 40, 60 fabrics in there, then I could add more color. <laughs> 20, 40, 60. <laughs> That's... So what is your what is your fabric like collection look like? Do you do you move things in and out or do you keep it forever? Uh, for the most when I started, like if I bought fabric for a project, it was enough to do that project. It, mm-hmm. Like if there were scraps, it was just little fragments left over. And then when I started going to quilt shows, it was like, okay, fat quarters, that's what I can buy because I can get lots and lots and lots of different ones without having to really know what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, and then I just kind of went from there. I would say primarily I have pre-cuts and fat quarters. Yardage usually is only when I'm, like, doing a background or borders or backings. That's usually when I tend to get into the yardage for the most part. So what do you do with what is left, like, if you don't use it all up? Do you keep it? Do you keep scraps? I do. I like piecing one-inch cut squares mm-hmm. one inch and things like that <laughs> one inch they're like half inch finished yeah so uh jane davidson and i invited you to uh join us on the splendid sampler two book and design uh, so when we wrote you did you like think what have I, what am i getting into or uh well first i was floored that you knew who i was i think that was <laughs> a big piece of it. I was like, wait, whoa, these people know me. (laughs) Um, And then I was like super honored and excited to just be able to contribute a piece of me. Yeah. Well, we are, we are thrilled. And you know, Jane being Australian and you liking Australian designers, you think that might've had a little (laughs) bit to do with it. Yeah. That's like, (laughs) I think you two are kindred spirits in like, how complex can this be? Um, Yeah, that's Jane. So you write, uh, you've been design- writing your, about your work and doing so-longs and things, uh, but you have a sort of a new uh, project and a new sort of focus now for your quilt making. Uh, tell me about it. I do. I recently joined Basic Gray and okay. with Rachel, and it's been super exciting because when I first learned that fabrics came from collections, basic gray was the stuff I pretty much bought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my love for basic gray really came from grunge. I absolutely love that urban texture, almost solid, but not 
um, fabric. And so it was really exciting when she called and asked me to work with her on designing quilt um, patterns to do with the collections with. And so the most recent one um, we just announced was Metropolis, and it is a follow-up to Compositions, mm-hmm. which is a very neutral collection. Um, and I designed a pattern called Urban Jungle, and it uses um, the Peaky Spike template from Marty Mitchell. Uh-huh. And it um, just has a really fun pinwheely effect with like an also a clock gear vibe. Yeah. Yeah, your your pieces I think work really well with the basic gray um fabrics because they also have sometimes just a little edge to to what the prints are and you uh complement that, Richie. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's super fun. <laughs> and you've done a few pieces for the Moda Bake Shop. Uh, which people can go to the chef page at the motorbakeshop dot com and just put you know just scroll the chefs Richie's picture is there, um, so let's give me a few tips for uh, combining. Do you combine fabric lines because you know some people just love to work with within one fabric line because it was designed to go together. Are you know how do you sort of spiff that up and add in to get those sixty different fabrics? I love mixing. So, for example, the mix and mingle is a, a bake shop pattern, and it started out with Saturday Morning by Basic Gray, and then I fell in love with Hazelwood from One Canoe Two, and was like, okay, I think these can go together really well, even though the colors are a little different in mm-hmm. some of the fabrics and some of the 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 feels a little more watercolory in one than edgy in the other. Mm-hmm. I just had a feeling that they would go really well together. And then the background is uh, Metallic's modern background paper from Zen Chic. So it definitely had a combination of designers in there. And I think it worked really well because when you cut up the charm pack into the two-and-a-half-inch squares and you mix them in together, all of a sudden they don't seem as stark and separate until Mm -hmm. they start coming together. Yeah. And and when you lay those, I think, you know, like seeing them, if you were to look at two fat quarters bundles sitting there, I think that's where people go like, oh, no, those don't go together. How Do you like open them up and just mix them up on a table? I open them up or like with the charm packs, I open those up and just kind of put them on my design wall and started mm. playing with the colors. I put the colors together that were similar, like the purpley blues and the blues together to see how they played. And that's kind of how the stars were formed from that was, I was like, okay, these are actually really fun together, even yeah. though the colors are different. <laughs> now, will you also so make a test block of that? I actually made a mini temp quilt out of it um, of using <laughs> some fig tree charm pack squares. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did four blocks, put it together, and then ended up giving that away as a baby quilt. Oh, <laughs> so do you give away a lot of your quilts? Um, I don't know if I necessarily give them away as much as my mother and grandmother hijack them. Oh. <laughs> they, like, they, they would tell me, I will get them back one day. Oh, <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that will never happen, <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. True. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, once it's gone, it's gone. So what are you currently sewing that's, you know, like publicly, not what you're doing for your, your um, part? Just recently, I have been working on a uh, Yoko bag from one of her books, and it um, has these little app- mini applicator houses and trees. Mm-hmm. And it's just neutral grunges with a little bit of surf grunge. Mm-hmm. And I just finished hand quilting that. Mm. Ah, so you like to hand oh, quilt. That one is... I didn't know I, that. Uh, not much. I am oh, trying. okay. Oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> my new, know? I'm teaching myself something. Yeah, because you do a lot of hand applique. I do. I, needle turn applique is definitely my favorite. Um, so we have about, about about a minute. So do you have a hobby? Um, I cook. You cook. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoy cooking and playing with food. Yeah. That's sort of another creative process. Different. It goes away immediately than your quilts. <laughs> yes. So my Instagram is pretty much uh, quilts and food. <laughs> okay, tell us what the Instagram is, and then we'll be done. Uh, you can find me at RichieJr16, or you can also find me at official underscore basic gray. Perfect. Richie, this has been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. Visit me online at my group at Facebook, Quilt Along with Pat Sloan, and visit American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine. They have a UFO group for challenging and finishing UFOs this year. It's fabulous, fabulous inspiration. And we'll see you next time right back here. Hi all, and thanks for listening. If you love the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. Thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.